knowledge by itself is not power. It holds the potential for power if we use it as a guide for action. Edward D. Griffith. Beware the head of the snake. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for entering the tiger's den. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for spending your time in the Tiger's Den. We will try not to waste it. It is Wednesday, June 7th, 2023 AD. This evening, ladies and gentlemen, a very serious topic, our monthly special on addiction. So I'm going to run a little monologue here. I'm going to do something a little bit different. So this is this is how it is. Our, I bring you great joy. And at the same time, I will demolish your dreams and turn your aspirations into dust. As I shroud you in despair, I will turn you into someone you do not want to be. You will not recognize yourself when I am done with you. You will live and die by my whim and command. I will make you crawl on your hands and knees and dance to the tune of chaos and annihilation. Every breath you take will be for me. You will forsake all that you love and those that love you. You act like I am your creator, but in the end, I will be your destroyer, slowly sucking the life out of you and enslaving your soul. My name is Addiction. The only one who can stop me is you. I know, ladies and gentlemen, that was extremely heavy, but that is okay. With us tonight, ladies and gentlemen, to help kick this nasty vermin of addiction right where it counts. Ladies and gentlemen, we are up. Ann's not here, so that messed up my intro. See, I write these down, ladies and gentlemen. Do-it-yourself media. So with us tonight, we're going to skip right past Ann. Hopefully she joins us, is Dr. Ginger, Ginger Kinsey, Ph.D. Also, we have Occult Priestess, the Soul Counselor. And, oh, I'm not done yet. We've got Patrick here, the plumber. Also, Erroneous Method. So look at these heavyweights, all of them, ladies and gentlemen, indeed. We are, they are all going to be kicking tail and taking names. This bunch, I am truly blessed and honored, ladies and gentlemen, with them that they're here. They're incredible people. I want to thank you guys. If I were addiction, I would be running away. I would be heading for the hills. So how are you guys doing tonight? Thank you for coming on to the show. And we're going to get with it. Very good. Thanks That's for having it. me on. Oh, look at this. Here we go. I feel better now. Here we go. There you go, Ann. What's going on? Not much. Good, good. Hi, everybody. Glad you could make it. Thank goodness. Yeah. I was sitting here, and I didn't push the enter studio button. So I'm like, (laughs) what's going on? I checked my cameras, and yeah, so sorry. (laughs) That's okay. That's good with me. I'm just glad you're here. So we are... Ginger, you missed one of them. We went over the uh, cognitive, uh, you know, therapy, and, and that was something that I was I was really familiar with because of, uh, you know, I went through the 500 hour class that they had in the BOP, and you know, when you're locked up, you try to find things to enrich yourself, right? So, you know, this class also, I got six months of halfway house, but well, they get, I would have got time off. The judge thought I was going to get time off, but because I had a gun, I was considered violent. So anyway, and I won't get into all that minutia, but I took the program and I, I found a lot of good things in it. it. It reminds you if you don't know or you forget how to think with common sense and think about what's going to happen when you do something. You know, if I stick my hand, you know, in a, in a press, what's going to happen? You know, so a lot of people forget to think of the, you know, the uh, consequences of their actions. So it, it helped in that way. And it, it also helped kind of like look at things like OP calls me, you know, a ninny headed goat, you know, goat minded, you know, crazy man. Well, that could hurt my feelings if I allow it to hurt my feelings. And then the way they taught you was I'm giving power over to OP to hurt my feelings by, you know, letting those words hurt me because they're really just words and they're nothing. Just like we were taught when, again, basics, like we were taught when we were little kids. So, you know, while you're here, uh, uh, Ginger, could you, what do you think of the cognitive, you know, emotive therapy way of treating drug addiction? Well, I think it's important across the board. I think it's most unfortunate that we are an emotionally disingenuous culture. We get no instruction on how to manage emotions. So I think substance abuse 
and I have no idea what the statistics are right now, but my suspicion is given the imposition of masks and social distancing, which is an oxymoron, there's nothing social about distancing, and now this push toward telebehavioral health. So again, distancing from genuine interpersonal interaction that people who haven't been trained up in how thoughts affect emotions and actually it's bi-directional uh, because if you're in a bad mood, obviously that will drive thoughts. So, but we get no training in Psych 101 until you get to college. So how are people going to manage the stress and there are the imposition of stress the last well we're into year four i suspect we have a lot more people substance abusing or depending on it so i think we need to begin and this is why i i've retired my license it would have been good through the end of the year but I retired it because I am stepping away from the cult that is now mental health. And I'm going to do life coaching. Uh, I'm, I'm going to step out of the tyranny that is mental health that is actually licensing people who identify as it. So, so we have a lot of craziness in our culture and I think we're gonna see a lot more abuse of substances, unfortunately. I agree. I agree. Especially as the account, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an economic hawk and, and, uh, as the economy gets worse and people suffer substance abuse rate, well, well it'll, it's going to skyrocket. Um, anybody else want to, you know, anybody got uh, OP, are you familiar with, you haven't, you haven't joined us on one of these episodes with like rational emotive, uh, therapy or rational thinking, um, uh, therapy. I find that a lot of these types of thinking therapies are based on Buddhist therapies. So, um, yeah, I know more of the, the original thoughts, how to get out of your mind, how to observe yourself, how to find the inner child, the different aspects of ourself that got hurt and heal that one at a time. Um, when you're working with the modern modalities, it doesn't fit everyone. And I had to go back into the past to find what worked best for me. Nice, mm -hmm. nice. And anything on the REBT therapy? No, I think, you know, in most of the programs, it may not be called that, but I think there's a lot of work, you know, that's done trying to help people look at that, you know, look at how they think, look at how they perceive things, look how they, take in what others say so i think it's like in there it's just not called that unless you actually go to a therapist that specializes in that so right right pat have you ever heard of that have you you know cognitive uh, dissonance therapy or cognitive emotive therapy there's a couple different not directly but it uh, i mean it makes a lot of sense um i i don't know i i was kind of part of recovery of old 20 years ago and we still kind of had a spiritual basis, right is right, you know, right is wrong, wrong is right thing. Uh, I couldn't imagine with woke culture trying to intertwine that with a program that was created by Christians in 1934, <laughs> um, which is why I take I kind issue of... with that, that the program came from Christianity because Bill Wilson actually <laughs> got the program from occultist, bad occultist, Alistair Crowley, the 12 steps. Wow. No, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, touche uh, on that. Uh, more more to the point in our, our current society, I think there has to be a, a revamping of your thinking. Uh, I mean, if I have any privileges that I, you know, I was brought up by a mother that loved me and was taught to do the next right thing, you know, most most people out there aren't uh, aren't functioning on that level today. The chivalry is dead. Um, everybody's staring at their phones. So I think, yeah, if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna tackle it, it seems like a, a good way for the uh, for recovery to progress. In my opinion, 
erroneous method. Have you ever heard of any REBT therapy or anything like that? As I, I, I think my jaw's going to end up hitting the floor here in a second. I'm not actually familiar with this form of therapy. Uh, could you give me a simple definition? Um, okay, basically, it's like, um, it's basic thinking. So before you do something, you think about how it could play out in more than one way, the good, the bad, the ugly, then you weigh it out. It's like common sense, right? Or then, like I just gave the, the, the you know, say I call you a name, right? And I'm trying to, you know, get into your feelings and, and make you feel a certain kind of way, right? And you can take that and say, yeah, you know, let me make you angry. Let me make you sad. Or you can empower yourself. Don't give your power over to me and, you know, say, hey, what he just said, I know that that's not true. So I'm not even going to let it affect me because, you know, it's just hot air, right? So it, it, it's kind of like it just, Ginger, could you... It, it, help me out is that a good way to explain it or you know it's it, well it's looking at the connection between thoughts and feelings yes well. there you go and naturally behaviors right because they're all connected um that but again getting back to the fact that we get no training in what it is to be a thinking feeling behaving being so and I, and I know I'm moving away from, you know, the, the, Albert Ellis's definition of ra ra uh, rational emotive therapy or whatever. But on a more basic level, it's, you know, cre creating appropriate boundaries interpersonally with other people. Because oftentimes people end up in codependence, overly dependent on other people's opinions of them. Um, I know I worked a lot with the military and one of the things that most of the people coming in said to me, you know, I'm, I'm not crazy, but I look around and everybody else is doing fine. And this is what I mean about a disingenuous culture, because I would say to them, you're sitting here in tears right now. What do you look like when you're back at the company? Well, I don't look like this. I said, exactly. And everybody you deployed with, I'm going to guarantee you, feels some, if not all, of what you're feeling. But you all run around with a veneer. You're not honest about what's going on, but you have 100% of your information. You only have the information, judging the book by its cover, from your peers back at the company. And this is what I mean about being disingenuous. So if you're running around thinking you're crazy, and everybody else is doing fine what are you going to do to cope right right so you so you yeah. have a, a book here on transpersonal psychology transpersonal psychologies and it is edited by robert tart or charles tart i'm sorry but this is i have a lot of books that are taking the eastern way of thinking or teaching yourself how to think and feel, retraining yourself and putting it in psychological terms so that the Western mind can grasp and understand it. So if you guys look up transpersonal psychology. <laughs> so here, here, here's what I want to kind of do today. There, there's something with addiction that goes along with addiction in general. And, and, and I think that, we, you know, I, if, if someone can point it out, in their life while we're talking about it, it would help to tell stories or, or, or something like that. But I want to talk about two things today. We've gone through um, the 12 steps we've gone, which is, you know, 10%. If you get standalone Alcoholics Anonymous is a 10% success rate. Okay. So then we've gone through the rational emotive therapy stuff. Um, we went through SSRIs. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> we, uh, um, let me see the comments here. Let me get in the comments. We got so, and then there was something I wanted to get into and with professionals. And I'm glad you're here for this two OP. And I'm glad I to have two males here. I'm glad I have such a diverse group here because I, I want to bounce this theory off, but I'm going to save that to the end. I mean, maybe the last 15 minutes, it's called the power process. Okay. Don't let the word, the, the power process, don't let it freak you out. It's nothing bad. It's just, you know, just the way that I, I like to refer to it and seen it referred to. So anyways, so the other thing is codependency. I think that that's something that that is that goes hand in hand with addiction. If, if you look at it um, 
And I think it's also a, a form of addiction. Am I wrong in kind of like thinking that way? Or is it, is that, mm -hmm. you know, a, a novice way of calling it, you know, thinking about it? It's definitely a form of addiction. I would, I would, I would say it's a form of addiction. I would say it's a, it's one of the forms of addiction I struggle with the most. So, yeah. The one I struggled with the most, definitely. Nice. Hey, we got um, Jason Barker. What's up, dude? He says, hello, Ann. Karen Carpenter says, hi, everybody. Karen Carpenter, thanks for joining us. JB, thanks. We got Chris Graves in the chat. What's going on, the Mastodon researchers? And we got a Syrian girl. And I think that's it for right now in the, the old YouTube. And uh, I'm going to check out the... Uh, the old rumble, I think. But uh, what do you guys think? Um, so who wants to start on codependency? Anne, what's up? Yeah, not much. Um, I guess it would be, first of all, you know, codependency, like, has many aspects to it. It could be the dysfunctional family who enables, you know, the addict. Um, it could be a partner. You know, so it, there's a wide variety of codependency, I think. But I could kind of give you a, like a simple uh, story um, that I actually personally experienced with a friend. And we were friends for many years. Um, so I saw her son grow up and she was remarried. So he had a stepfather, both very nice people, but he was he, he was always acting out um and my my friend always like hit it from the stepfather and then as years progress he would steal my friend would hide that from um the stepfather um she would always like say well this time i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna kick him out or whatever so this just kept progression progressing on she just enabled him he started using i mean he was in and out of rehabs and anytime i would try to speak to her about helping herself you know because i'm sure that it was affecting her her marriage um but she just could not let go of taking care of him and hiding things and i'm not sure i never could reach her so that was major codependency on um, her enabling her son you know, even after discussions, this isn't helping him, you know, it's hard, you know, to kind of step back and let him go through what he needs to go through with the things that he does. Um, she, she couldn't do it. And he stayed very ill and ended up in jail, actually. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's kind of one example of some codependency in the family. Wow, thanks for that. That Thanks for sharing. That was a great example, too. Uh, Ginger. Well, and I think that it speaks to the boundaries that I was talking about that, um, you know, we teach children good touch and bad touch. Um, but we don't really teach them about appropriate interpersonal boundaries, that it's OK to say no. That's a complete sentence. And you don't need to feel guilty. Um, Oh, but we don't teach these sorts of things. So people get pulled into, particularly in you know dysfunctional families, all kinds of inappropriate codependent type relationships. I grew up in, a, in an alcoholic family, a narcissistic father, a borderline type mom, and just a lot of craziness. Um, and somehow as the oldest child, thankfully, I was able to say, you know, when I get out of this, I'm I'm going to be the good kid. I'm going to do well academically and I'm going to get out, but I am not going to get caught up in the craziness. So if anything, for me, I ended up being almost counter dependent, single most of my adult life. And I'm yeah, never had kids. And of course, that's What's that from? That's a result of what I saw. We form oftentimes these types of, this is the way I see life. And we really need to look at that and revisit it. Because a lot of those thoughts and those promises I made to myself needed to be kind of deconstructed as an adult. 
You know, Ginger, what you're saying is is one of the most difficult things for a human being to do. It, it's a, it's a, that's not an easy thing for people to do is 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 go back, right, and face those things. That's so hard, right? It's so hard not not. And then you have to also take account before you do that. Before you even go back, you got to get through. I think one of the hardest steps is looking inside and taking account of what you know your your sins or however you want to put it what's wrong with you we all have things we need to work on you know and the when you're an addict or you're codependent it's you know that's the last thing you want to do is what you know that's that's the abyss you're staring into op what do you what do you think i know this is one of your hot 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 topics you know you, you're you know and you're good with it too your show was was excellent on codependency Thank you. Uh, yeah, I did a live stream on codependency where we watched a film about codependency between a vampire and a Renfield. So that was enjoyable. But I've also put out a codependency video with the Buddha healing series. So you can find that on my channels. Um, I'm on Rockfin, a cult priestess. So how I found out that I was codependent is I drew a picture of an angel on the floor clutching her heart and crying. It seemed like every time I went through a romantic breakup, it was my life was over. If that person in particular did not want me, then I didn't want to breathe air anymore. So I was extremely overly attached to romantic relationships. But I found it interesting that Ginger said, she was interdependent because when it came to anything other than a relationship with a man, I was always doing it on my own and doing my own thing. But also I didn't seek out men necessarily. And that can become an addiction too. It's just when I did fall in love, I felt like it was forever and I would freak out at the end. And so finally I found help through the basement people going to 12 step groups um, adult children of alcoholics. My father was an alcoholic, but I was raised by a violent Vietnam veteran. So just craziness like Ginger's home and I'm sure so many of our other homes together. And that's what I like about a forum like this. It reminds me of being in the basement <laughs> at a church and everyone sharing their stories and giving self-reference and saying, I did better and showing themselves an example to others who are struggling. Well, exactly. and that's being genuine, isn't it? Being open and being genuine. That's Which why you guys are here. And, and there's, you know, the more, the more stories, the more uh, opinions, the more viewpoints I can share, the more people we can help, right? Because not everybody's going to make dig what OP is saying. They might dig what Anna's saying, or they might not dig what, you know, Pat's saying. Or, or what I'm saying, you know, you, who knows, you know, they got ginger here. They know. And she, you know, we got Ann and ginger here to check us. So we don't me and Pat and, and, and erroneous here. Don't say anything out of line that might hurt someone. You know, that's, that's one of the reasons we trust you guys are ladies and gentlemen, the people on the screen are genuine people or they wouldn't be here to talk about this stuff. This is, this is a big deal for someone to get in public like this not not just to mention the three you know there's six of us here right you know that's you know that's a lot so like guys okay so pat what do you think codependency what do you know about it what's your experiences with it what do you think of it uh i think codependency and addiction go so well together because they kind of both feed the same thing um, you know, get, getting into what's comfortable, even though it hurts, um, you know, allowing horrible things to happen to you or doing horrible things to yourself, um, to achieve those goals, even though it's bleeding, uh, and you're never going to get to that top off that you want. Um, uh, you know, one of the best things my mother did for us is left my father, who was an alcoholic. So I didn't grow up in an abusive home. I grew up without a father, but he was off being drunk somewhere else. Um, you know, now uh, 
but I do understand codependency um, and the way that it can inhibit you from growth. Um, and I think that's kind of the, maybe the biggest point that I'd like to make on the topic is that your codependency will always inhibit you from growth because uh, if you're not thinking of yourself first, uh, you're never going to go anywhere. Nice, Pat. Nice, Joel. Joel, what do you? What's your take on this? I seen you. I seen you right away when I said codependency. You were shaking your head. What's going on, brother? Well, you know, um, if, if if some of you are familiar with my story, some of you aren't. But uh, I'm not the child of a, an alcoholic. My dad never touched a drop of alcohol. However, his father was an extremely abusive alcoholic, and. Uh, you know, it, right up until the time I was uh, eight or nine years old, I witnessed my grandfather extremely drunk. You know, he even beat my mother up several times, um, you know, very physically abusive sort of person. Um, eventually, he did get clean and sober. And my dad had always gone the other way. He became a pastor. So we were actually raised in what amounts to a Christian cult as a young age. And that created a whole nother level of codependency in me, led to my drug addiction issues as a teenager, and then led to my codependency issues as a young man when I got married in my early 20s and joined a very abusive relationship where, you know, I was I was under the thumb of a woman who was feeding my addiction. So, you know, I, I developed a cocaine addiction. Cannabis was always like a relief for me never had a problem with cannabis. However, alcohol became a problem. You know, I started de developing extreme alcohol addiction. When I finally became free of my, my cocaine addiction um, and, and free of the, the woman who was kind of feeding it, I, I broke free of that relationship. I broke away and started to dive into 12-step programs. Those were great for me until depression sank in. And when I was around a lot of these 12-step programs, I started to deal with people who were on a deep level of depressed, a sick society around us, uh, uh, like like Ginger talked about earlier. And, uh, you know, the way we handle our emotions is, is it's toxic. You know, um, the idea that a man can't cry or show fear or represent himself. You know, I, I was abused as a child because of the, the sort of Christian cult I was raised in. We were kind of in a Lord of the Flies situation, right? All the kids kind of took care of themselves, raised each other up. Uh, if, you, if you're familiar with the, the TV family, the Duggars, very similar to that, you know, so where all the children are kind of raising each other up and, and, uh, and the parents are kind of nowhere to be found as they're off running their church. So I was sexually abused as a young man. And I did not deal with this until just a few years ago, just a few months ago. And I wasn't able to speak about this publicly until, well, today. I mean, I released an album earlier where I referenced the sexual abuse. But at no point have I been able to like physically talk about these things. And that's, that's because of the codependency training and podcasts, podcasts, right? Over the last several years, I've been listening to the alternative media and uh, this form of, I call it entertainment, call it therapy, has risen my consciousness to a different level because I'm listening to all of you people, all of you wonderful people have made me kind of like take a step back and, and treat my addiction. So I've only just fully come to a place of being clean and sober myself within the last three years. Wow. Kudos, and I want to thank you for, for bringing that topic up, because culturally, we don't talk about sexual abuse of young boys and teens. And you know, there are some researchers, and this goes back, I took a master's level class when I was still on the road as a cop, that was my first career, in sexual abuse investigation for children. And there are some researchers who actually believe boys are abused at rates that equal girls. And why would that be the case? Well, because they don't tell the secret as easily as a girl will. And because adults have more access to boys because people believe that it's girls they need to protect. When in point of fact, a true pedophile is an equal opportunity abuser because they want a child that is prepubescent. In other words, the secondary sex characteristics have not begun yet. So who do they have more easy access to? Boys. 
and many of the people I worked with in the military, I was there almost seven years. Um, I was the first person they came out to about a sexual abuse history. So you're not alone, but kudos to you because you stand apart because you're willing to speak openly about it. And I want to add that this took a long time to get here. This was years, 2018 to now of, it started with people like Joe Rogan, believe it or not, and slid down into this alternative media kind of rabbit hole, giving me the psychological tools to unpack my bag, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't be doing this with a straight face or without busting down in tears if I hadn't already done it a thousand times to myself, you know? So, so if there's any men out there and they haven't come forward and they haven't talked about sexual abuse or they haven't talked about their codependency issues or their drug addiction issues, I just encourage you to do it. Just do mm -hmm. it. You're going to feel a thousand times better. Come forward, come find somebody you feel safe, you know, and, and talk about it. Joel. <laughs> Man, dog, dude, you, you definitely got big kahunas, man. I mean, it. people don't understand the bravery it takes to do something like that. Not only, like you said, you faced it, you dealt with it, and now you're here talking about it. You know, that's your gang. That's gangster. 100%, man. 100%. You know, I, I, that's something you're right, uh, Ginger. People don't like to talk about that. What do you think of that, Ann? What do you think of the the uh, the cultural stigma of, especially with men? I mean, I, listen, I understand. I, my, the thing I hate worst about one of the things that our culture does with women is, is, is objectify them. I do not like that at all. That really upsets me. Um, but men have a certain pressure that, that you guys – probably know about but i'm going to say it anyway i'm um we have this tough guy thing that we have to live up to we're men right you know well, we don't want to talk about somebody tried to touch my wiener you know that that kind of thing right you know i don't want to tell my buddies that i don't want to tell my dad that i mean honestly as a man is that something that you want you know if i think about that that my first reaction is do you tell anybody that's no you know what do you think pat i mean is what what's your first reaction you know because of how it's pounded into our brains my yeah. biggest problem is I don't want to talk to anybody about anything. <laughs> my biggest problem is I don't want to talk to anybody about every, anything, right. uh, let alone my vulnerabilities. Uh, you know, yes. uh, because, you know, regardless of what it has to do with. And, and, and that gets me in uh, lots of pinches, my own ego. Um, so, you know, kudos to you, erroneous. Um, you know, but every time I force myself to uh, speak to my therapist about it or, uh, you know, an acquaintance or, you know, God forbid, I get the guts to talk to my wife about it, uh, I feel better. Right. Um, and I know I'm going to feel better if I talk about it. Uh, but my social anxiety hates confrontation as well, uh, which is why addiction and anxiety going together uh they don't make a good mix for that seven-headed monster on your back no no you're right and, and what like i was what do you think about uh you know the the the, the child abuse these the the boys not saying as much as the you know that you know with the girls they, we're not going to say it right away we're you know what, what do you think of that no i i agree with ginger on that that piece but i also want to say that you know i know it was mentioned oh you know we're not allowed to cry because we're men we're not allowed to you know show our feelings but on the flip side women aren't allowed to get angry women aren't allowed you know we're we're taught oh that's not nice you know so there's i mean it's too bad because we're hip both sides are hit with something right. would be like, I can't get angry. I just have to swallow it. I have to act like a lady. I have to, you know, or I'm a, a male. I can't, you know, I can't feel devastated about being abused, sexually abused. So I think that one isn't greater than the other, you know, no. we all suffer somehow, but yeah, I can imagine you know, I, I'm not a, a male, so, but I can imagine that that would be a very difficult thing to finally talk about. And, and as Ginger said, you know, 
they're everybody's protecting the girls, not the boys. So, yeah, that's kind you know, of what it's I'm funny what you just mentioned because, um, as well as Pat, what he mentioned, because I wouldn't, I'm very assertive. And that came from over 10 years on the road in uniform. Talk about gender role kind of uh, discomfort the first few years wearing that uniform. But it was the best experience for me because I have no problem being assertive. I won't be the person that when stuff is going down, I'm there videotaping. No, I'm going to be getting involved. But by the same token, being six feet tall, and I'm not in the shape I was, I'm 65 now, but I used to, I used to train at a competitive level. And I was routinely told I was aggressive. I'm not aggressive, never been aggressive. I'm assertive, but it's typically a guy who's five, eight, five, seven. He's shorter than me, small mind, so go along with this. And, and I've had mental health supervisors, you know, you're, you're being very aggressive. No, I'm being assertive. And I think you need to think about the language that you're using with me because yeah, I'm irritated about this, but I, I don't go off and holler and scream or I'm not into drama, but I do. Have, and then I have my police voice as well. My, my grad advisor said, Ginger, you, because I'd get up in front of the whole lecture hall without a microphone. And could, but, but again, this, and I, I've gone off on a tangent, but we're speaking about emotions and we're speaking about gender roles and gender is a big thing today. And we have prescribed roles. And thankfully I stepped into a role that was very uncomfortable for a number of years, but in terms of my life experience, it's excellent, excellent, because I don't stand down. If something is not right, I'm going to stand up. OP. On the whole gender thing. <laughs> and the, expect, the, expecta the expectations of, of, you know, how this affects all of this. This Because this, this is important. It's, you know, this isn't like, okay, we've gone off the weeds of, of codependency addiction. This is kind of like well, final thoughts on this gender thing a little bit. But um, the gender pressure that everybody's put on, and it's not even real. I guess that's my thing. What do you think, OP? Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think gender pressure is real because I knew tomboys. I knew a lot of girls. Like, I attracted the tomboys. And they were climbing trees and scuffing their knees and doing all the boy things. And nobody thought any different. But I was born in 1974. Some of us have been born even earlier than that. And so this is all, to me, social engineering and i honestly i don't blame david bowie that you know twist in gender in the 70s i just think they make things fashion on purpose to fit their agenda and i do believe that the transgender agenda is turning into and planned to be the transhumanism agenda right absolutely obviously yeah it's it's the not reality agenda to me i mean it's real simple to me i boil it down very simply like like crab bones or crab shells this is nothing we 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 are based on a fake economy with fiat money that's not even real it's it's meaningless it's magic and it's it's a scam and they're scamming us the whole time and then while they're doing that they got us watching the stupid politics and they got us you know believing in that that's not real at all it doesn't matter who's in the office you got cfr trilateral imf bankers right left right and center all running everything so that doesn't matter the food we eat is fake and what's worse than fake it kills you Okay, the water you drink is is treated garbage in most cities. You know, sewer water that's been treated with chemicals that kills you. Everything is fake. People's relationships are fake. Their gods are fake. I'm sorry, I'm going off. You know, like, but it's all fake. So why not? Why not? You know, that that's the whole point of the transgender thing. It's so fake. I refuse to call the sky orange when it's blue. 
Okay, I'm, I'm not doing it, and I'm not calling some guy with an Adam's apple and 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 tatas and and hair dressed up like a woman making fun of women in my you know objectifying making fun of the fakeness of objectifying a woman that's where we're at so we objectify women we turn them into this this fake thing that you look at okay then some jackass comes along okay and pretends he's the fake thing that we're supposed to be looking at that that women are pressed into living up to it makes my blows my mind sorry i, I somebody help me and well, yeah. give yourself a roar there <laughs> who, who is the target the target is the white christian male with this toxic masculinity when that's exactly what we need we need that level of masculinity weak men make for very very bad times and that's what we're in well yeah i mean i'll even take a strong chic indian guy you know what I'm saying? Those guys are strong. They'll stand up for what they believe in. And, and I hate to say this. There are other cultures that people we don't agree with that will stand up. I, a Muslim that wants to stand up against this. Hey, brother, come on. Let's go. Hey, you're, you're Jewish. Okay, come on. Let's go. I, hey, you're a witch. Come same, on. Same. Let's go. You want to stand against this nonsense reality. That is more important than anything else because that's what they're trying to do. Not just to white Christian males. They're going to, the plan is that weaken. All of us, but that's for it's for all of us. It's the whole world, you know. Boom, you're done. That's well, eventually, it. but, but that's we're... the target right now. They've already destroyed the black family yes. with the Democrat policies under LBJ. That was, yes. you know, we'll pay you if you don't have an adult male in the home. Well, cultural poison as well was added oh. to that mix. Op, what were you going to say? Things are worse than they they have ever been in history collectively around the world and that's very true but the whole thing is any lifetime you want to go to you want to think of any time period in history if you are seeking to know thyself or if you are seeking self-enlightenment self-healing self-care self-love and love of the divine then you're doing it right you're living right and isn't that the point if you get killed by the new world order in one way or another, wasn't the point that you grew your soul while you were on this planet? Right. Right. Yeah. And, I and you got to remember <laughs> Pat. And you got to remember, gender roles have been confused for a long time. Uh, uh, dudes used to wear wigs in in Victorian uh, outfits, and you know some some judges they still wear wigs. Uh, but my point being is uh, social engineering is what is what this is. And it's what it's always been. That's why, you know, food's fake, history's fake, uh, all that good stuff is because there's always been an upper class injecting this type of cultural whatever uh, into the litmus to control, uh, you know, the people. I think there was a, I mean, there was a hermaphrodite. I think the God yep. in the, uh, in, in Greek, I tweeted uh, about you know, that this week. <laughs> from that's why I know that. That's why I know that. But yeah. that uh, Knowledge and spreads they also, like wildfire. They also, they take small events that are very radical around their, our sphere and they focus on them and they blow it up to make it look like small town usa and the trans are coming to attack and it's again it's divide and conquer it's That's it's right. to keep us um it's to keep us apart to so many nth degrees that we can never coalesce and come together and 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 fight the the you know the bad guys in the end it's possible that maybe we never come together maybe that's not what we do the point is to grow your soul from lead to gold right to learn your lessons and to be as pure as possible we can't do that in groups with other people necessarily that's something we do on our own privately within right you know what do you think of this guys that that, that makes me really really think about this so maybe you know we all know we could die. i know the group i'm talking to we you could drop dead anytime right we know that so we're here battling this battle against the bad guys like pat says you know and while we're doing that 
how much of our own time, because that's my big deal, time is your most valuable commodity, how much of our own time that we'd be working on ourselves, there's got to be a balance there, right? There's got to be a balance between fighting the bad guys, turning your soul from lead to gold, right? And then, which brings me back again, this is, this is great. This is a wonderful. I want to tell you one thing, also very big point. A lot of people that have not gone through recovery are projecting their inner demons onto the world stage, onto the new world order. And they're saying, oh, well, that's what I fight. Your demons are within. Yes, 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 yes. They're deflecting and projecting a hundred percent. And this goes back. I'm going to be able to bring all of this right back to what, what uh, Ginger said about the codependency. We got to have boundaries. We got to have like portions and rations in life. When I do too much of anything going again with addiction and when I do too, it turns out to be a disaster, right? When I paint a car, less is more. I have to tell myself that the whole time because I want to bury stuff in, you know, less is more, right? So going back to the codependency thing, going back to the addiction thing, where do you draw the line? I'll start with Ann and then we'll, we'll, we'll go around again because I, I want to get Ann on in this. Where do you draw the line with codependency, a healthy relationship, giving enough of yourself to someone, right? And not becoming codependent on them. Because there's a fine line. Are a man and a wife codependent? That I guess I'm going to start off with that question and, and like into that thinking, if you guys know what I'm saying, right? So, so Anne, what do you think? Where's the healthy line? And, and I don't know. Is I, it I, don't know I don't know if there's really a line. I mean, I think when you start to hurt enough and you start getting to the point in your life where you're like, okay, uh, you know, there's something not right. I'm getting in these bad relationships or so then like OP said, you have to go within, you have to get in touch with your inner child. And I, I'm big on that. I think that's, I actually have done that type of work and oh my gosh, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's the most incredible journey ever. And it's hard. Also. It's really rewarding though, because you get it so is. much more of yourself back. It is. It is. Um, so I don't know that there's a line. I just think that it's just like when you're sick and tired of, you know, feeling um, you're sick of doing the drugs and you, and you know, there's this point I need, you know, I've hit my bottom. I've got to do something. I think that's the same with this. You know, you start to realize like, I need to do something to change my life so that I'm happy. So I don't feel this way. So I'm not compelled to re, you know, go towards people who are not healthy for me. So I don't know that there's a line. I just think um, everybody comes, hopefully at some point come to that place where they can do the work they need to do to become healthier and ha- happier. Really. Nice. Nice. Um, erroneous you know if there was a line i would say it would be physical violence but i allowed myself to cross that and to be crossed upon so many times that that can't be it right so so maybe ends right there is no line to to where you say cut off codependency self-examination is key looking within uh like like again that inner child work i'm only just now beginning this i'm only just now regressing going back and digging into that child that scared little boy who's still very scared and and i realize now you know i can't i can't go join another relationship until i dig into this right i can't have interpersonal relationships with a woman until i'm fully capable of acknowledging what happened to me and and uh, digging through my own self-examination. But I think reflecting with other people is just as important. You know, talking with, with other people um, on a regular basis about where you're at as a human, where you're at as a spiritual being, right? We're all fragmented spiritual beings. I mean, I, that's my personal idea is that, you know, we're, we're all fragmented spiritual beings. We all, we're all just pieces of the whole, you know, um, and in order to heal, we have to really just examine ourselves. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Pat, you guys, you guys are kind of right, all of you. I think a common trait here we find is self-work, self-improvement. Um, you know, for me as an, uh, as an alcoholic and an addict, um, struggling uh, at times to stay sober, if I'm not working on myself in more ways than just one, if I'm not working on myself, 
I will be drunk tomorrow. It doesn't matter whether the money's flowing or whether it's been slow for two weeks. If I am not progressing mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, uh, daily, um, uh, the you know, uh, that's where my addiction gets me. And it, it you know, it doesn't matter. Like I said, if it's going good or if it's going bad. Um, I, 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 I have found the more I work on myself, the more I want to work on different areas of myself and trying to spread that around. That doesn't mean I'm perfect. I fail at a lot of things and I probably could be a better husband. Um, but, uh, you know, self-work, I think self-work, self-work, self-work. Nice. Nice. Ginger. Oh, goodness. Um, so no matter what, before before you go, Ginger, wait one thing, one thing. Before before you go, codependency. It sounds like no matter what is a bad thing. No matter what, and there is no good codependency. No, I, I would say that's that's true because you really need to step out of that. I mean, ultimately, we are individual beings. Nice. And and it's really critical that people have self respect. If you don't have self respect you're not going to respect anybody else. And we see this across the board, particularly in the people that are given to this just extreme violence for no reason. Um, these people don't have self-respect. So to expect them to respect you is pretty ridiculous, really. But you know, one thing I wanted to talk about is they're constantly focusing on racism and, and different types of phobia, which is an irrational fear. And I don't see people transphobic. I don't think people are. Uh, but, but the thing that we don't talk about, and this gets to the social emotional learning, is favoritism, cronyism, and nepotism. That's what's destroying this world. And we are not talking about it. And what's that about? It's about the biases that are inherent in all of us, where we form groups to feel part of a bigger whole. And we extend um, a bias and in bias to the in group. But by definition, having formed a group, we have one or more out groups. That doesn't mean we're racially against an out group if our primary group is black or white or Latino. Um, but, but it does mean that just as most people, this isn't always true. There, there's a subset that this is not true for, but most people favor their own children. That doesn't mean that they don't like the neighbor's children. It just means that there is a bias on the part of their family members. It's natural. It's installed in us. It's Pavlovian instinct, right? Well, she it's is there. talking, Ginger is talking about the New World Order, and she might have not had the pleasure of watching 10 hours of David Icke explain how all the world leaders are related by blood. So we call it a bloodline and like a spiritual war. That's what, how we see it. So what do you think about that, Ginger? Yeah, no, no, I, I Thanks, think- Thanks, OP. That's, there's something absolutely to that. And perhaps that's why then within mental health, we're not talking about this, but this is the issue. So foreboding knowledge. I would also like to say that even Carl Jung has been, his works have been shunned because he goes beyond the subconscious into the superconscious. Whenever a, a doctor or psychologist gets beyond the threshold of reality into mystical realms, they are shunned and shut down because that proves we have a soul. Right. right. No, they Collective don't want that. You don't find the red yeah. book on a lot of shelves. Oh, sorry. Nice, nice. No, they, that that's not that's not what they they don't want you to find your soul. That's why they like the the, the whole addiction thing. You, I, I consider it you, when when your soul is under attack. Your soul is a slave. It is it's a slave to the addiction. It, it, it so many things happen to a person. It is evil. It is is definitely I believe a, an evil manifestation. I call it the devil. Literally, when you are addicted, you have demons inside of you. You literally, for lack of a better term, if you want to use whatever, it's, it's demons inside of you. Real quick, I wanted to get to this. Assyrian girl, thank you for watching Assyrian girl, by the way. Um, she, I, I think she's like looking at the codependency thing kind of like I was. Um, 
She says there are all shades of white to gray to black that we need to determine when we're involved in codependencies, quote unquote, as we go through life. But before she made that comment, she she said uh, this one. Um, where is it? I think codependency is a misleading term. So again, we're now we're dealing with the words, and I, I you know, that's important too. There are health and there are healthy and unhealthy codependencies. A healthy, respectful marriage is a codependency. But a wonderful one. I think when we're using the term codependency, we're using the psychological term. If you use the word on its face, codependency, that's right. Might me and my daughter are codependent, right? It, it sounds like partnership. Yes, it does. It sounds like partnership, but in psychological terms, it is a hurtful relationship with someone. Either the but one you know, person is like, like like my mom and my me and my brother. My mom would give my brother money. My mom would give me money. She knew we were doing drugs to kill ourselves, right? We would ask our mom for money, right? She was codependent on us. She was There was a relationship there. It was hurting her. It was hurting us. Everybody, usually in codependent relationships, is getting hurt one way or another, even if there's a controller at the top, because there is the triangle of the codependency. I didn't want to get into that and but throw Anne, everybody off. But Anne did bring that up, that the, the line, yes. when you know something's wrong, is the pain. Yes, there it is. And there there it is, AG. There's the answer is the line is the pain. And typically emotional pain comes way before the physical pain. But I wanted to say that semantics does language matters. And I think what they're talking about isn't codependency, but a healthy interdependence is a is a healthy marriage. You're my husband and I, it's a healthy interdependence, um, but definitely not codependent. Right. I was told once by someone who is try trying to describe that you don't have to be in this romantic Weathering Heights relationship, that her marriage was just the cherry on top of her life. It was that extra special, beautiful thing that she was grateful for. And that changed my mind about it. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Guys, it's getting, we got three minutes left. We're not going to get into the power process in three minutes with six people. It's impossible. That's impossible. But hey, we are, um, we're going to do another one of these. We do them every month. So you guys, everybody here is me and Ann are the, we're, 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 we're the, uh, the guys that are in the cahoots about this, the gal and girl and guy that are in cahoots about this. So I would, if you guys want to come back, that would be excellent because I'm in the comments. Everybody enjoyed is enjoying the show. You know, That's number six. Thanks for watching on um, on uh, Rumble, by the way. And I think we got. I think it is um, Lisa Bellinger. Also on. Uh, we are also. Uh, I had some problems tonight, but usually we're simulcasting on all TNP platforms. But um, I guess uh, I, I was messing around and I. For some reason, Six was unable to do it, so me and him got to get together. Sorry about that, Six, but I just wanted to let everybody know about that. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna get into too much plugging because I got people here that need to plug themselves. But uh, check it out uh, if you're looking for gold and silver. Check out uh, DavidKnight.gold. Check out the Wolf Pack. That's a good way to get gold and silver into your house uh, through the mail. If you do not, uh, you know, don't want to do that, I and even if you do do that, find a local gold and silver guy. Get to know him. And, uh, and and deal with him because you know sooner or later you're not going to be able to get your hands on it. Uh, kind of an important thing that I'd like to tell people because the economy is in shambles, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you. Check out uh, you know we got the Knights of the Storm. You got uh, check out all the TNP. You got uh, digging with Chris Graves. You got conspiring with Tom Cooper. We got the Foxhole. We've got you know we've got all these shows. We got uh, Joel. Let's. Uh, we're going to let the ladies plug, and then we'll get into you guys. So let's start with um, Anne. Well, I just, you know, want to thank everybody here tonight because, you know, it's it's so nice to have so many different opinions and thoughts on things. And OP, I just, I love you. <laughs> I haven't seen you much. I'd, I'll I'll check thank out more you. of your work. Yeah, you've said a lot of very very nice things that will help people, I'm sure. And it's just really nice to have a diverse group here um, and, you know, be able to give their their thoughts on all this. So I just want to thank you guys. 
Thank you, Ann. No, it's an honor to have you here. Ginger. Thank you. I want to just thank you for the opportunity. I'm new to these podcasts and hoping to start my own, actually, because I retired my license. I, I really need to let people know about some of the corruption that uh, being a former investigator, I have boxes of documentation from a weapons cover up on Fort Hood, calling the FBI, being dismissed. Uh, so do I think that people are set up with false flags that they're trying to get our second amendment? You better believe it. I absolutely do. Um, so yeah, I, I do plan on putting some podcasts. I was down at the border for two and a half years. Uh, those stories I've interviewed thousands of people at the border. Those stories aren't getting out either. Some of those people don't want to be here. I'm going to tell you that right now. Really? That's interesting. Yes. Ginger, you're killing me over here. Yeah. So listen, so are you going to start your podcast and break this stuff, or do you want to come on to the Tiger's Den and break some of this stuff? Well, Maybe you know what? Uh, let's, let's schedule one from the weapons cover-up to uh, literally. Anytime you want, Ginger. And, and listen, I think everybody here, uh, OP, you know, and, and everybody here enjoys your company and the viewers enjoy you. But if you need some help setting up, we don't want anything from it. We don't, we're not trying to draw you into a group or anything like that or suck you into anything. But if you just, the basics to help, we will help you, we'll help you out. So just let us know. Okay. Please, please. You have my contact information. Where can the folks find me on trip, on Twitter? At Dr. Ginger Kinsey. I'm, I, I'm not a big one on titles. I mean, in the middle, military, you have to use it. And then as soon as I get in the room, I'm like, look, I go by Ginger. How do you want me to refer to you, Colonel? But um, the, the thing is that there are so many Ginger Kinseys. I can't believe it's that popular a name, but, but there are. So that's why the doctor's there. I'm not a big one on that. Um, but I'm also very concerned about the vaccine injured. Um, I'm concerned about HIPAA. People think that HIPAA protects them. I, I can tell you, as somebody who has signed a HIPAA complaint, we had a twice convicted felon in patient care. I signed the HIPAA complaint, totally whitewashed. Called the Civil Rights Division, and they said, we're just going to kick it back to post. So the, the privacy officer went out on extended medical leave. So the thing is, HIPAA is about all the reasons the government will access your electronic medical records. It is right. not about portability. It's not for your protection. And I can prove this. Nice. Nice. All right. We're going to, you guys are going to be hearing from Ginger. Um, you know, whenever you're ready, Ginger, me and we'll talk and whatever you want to talk about, okay. we'll give you, you know, give you a whole Wednesday episode. Um, OP. Where can the good folks find you? Thank you so much for having me on. And thank you, Angry Tiger, for hosting and putting all of these amazing people in the same room together. And everybody here, thank you so much for showing up and sharing your stories. This is one of the most important things I think we can do, period, because it really does help people with themselves. And that's what most people need help with because when you think of the collective it's made up of many individuals and if all the individuals were healed we wouldn't have these issues so i'm occultpriestess.com mm -hmm. i've been a professional psychic for over 30 years and i like to soul dive with my people so if you'd like to soul dive with me check me out at occultpriestess.com thank you nice pat What's going on, brother? Working? You've been all over the place. I'm, I'm, I'm tripping over you over at uh, conspiring with Chris Graves and Tom Cooper over there. You've been in the Tigers Den. I think you're on Nights of the Storm not too long ago, man. What's going on? No, I'm trying. Uh, I'll keep coming around as long as people uh, find relevant my opinion and what I have to say. Uh, I'm grateful to say it uh, because I get things out of hearing uh, you lovely people talk. So I figure people could possibly get the same for me um you know um uh, again thanks everybody uh thanks everybody for being here and um you know this this forum is uh is it can be part of your your self-work it's 
uh, it's our, uh, this is us holding church for addicts and alcoholics. Absolutely. There is hope. There is hope in recovery. That doesn't mean recovery is easy, but there is hope. That's all I got. Nice. Erroneous method. Yeah. Final words and where can the folks find you, brother? Well, uh, again, you know, you can get help. Go get help. Talk about your problems. Talk about your past. Dig into yourself. But you can find me at Instagram, Erroneous Method. Twitter, Erroneous Method. Uh, I just dropped a brand new album today. Not many people have heard it. It's called Mercury. Check nice. it out. It's all about addiction and it's all about childhood trauma. So please check it out. Um, that's available on every streaming platform out there. I also have a podcast that's called Shut Up Joel. You can find that on Spotify. Um, just had Angry Tiger on not too long. Yeah, it was an honor, brother. That was great. Great episode. Um, I'm always honored to be the dumbest guy in the room. You know, uh, ah. so it's always impressive to be asked to come do these things. And uh, I appreciate all of you. Have a great night. Thanks, Erroneous. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I first of all, everybody on the panel, you guys are all tremendous people. Thank you. I am honored to have each and every one of you on here. I mean, really, thank you so much for coming on. This is something that is very important, I think, for everyone. And anybody out there suffering, anybody who needs help, get it. You know, work on yourself. If you're in our community, come on the show. If you don't want to come on the show, you know, DM me. DM one of these people here. We'll help you out. We'll point you in the right direction. You are not alone. I want everyone out there to remember, please, please, you're not alone. Remember that. And there, there's always hope. Where there is life, my dad taught me that. I know he didn't make up the thing. But where there is life, there is hope. So remember, you are not alone. And also remember this, ladies and gentlemen, time is your most valuable commodity. Cherish it. Try not to waste it. Spend it doing something you love, with someone you love, improving yourself preferably all three all, or all three of those things ladies and gentlemen until we meet again your time is your most valuable commodity cherish it and use it wisely until we meet again